This is the podcast of the California Institute of Integral Studies, where each week we bring you the conversations and lectures from our public programs, live events, featuring world-renowned scholars, leaders, authors, artists, and thinkers. In this episode, Lindy West, self-proclaimed loud feminist and author of Shrill, is joined in conversation by body positivity activist Jess Baker. This event was recorded on October 4th, 2018, in front of a live audience in San Francisco. To make sure you never miss an episode of the CIIS Public Programs podcast, find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our website at ciis.edu slash podcast. San Francisco. We've met before. <laughs> Many times. We have. We have. But it's nice to be in San Francisco with you. Yeah. Just, for, just for like a night. I know. Thanks for joining us on our date night, guys. <laughs> Glad you can make it. Um, they give a pretty thorough introduction of who we are, so. Yeah, I think you're up to speed. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have this weird question. Uh, so they're recording this for a podcast. Yeah. And I've heard it, and other people have heard it, but our voices kind of sound similar. Ooh, is that true? Do people say that? I never thought about All it. All the time. Um, <laughs> my friends have gotten in fights over NPR, like, interviews. Like, so once I was in my car, and I was listening to NPR, because an annoying NPR listener that, guys, I still use straws, but now I'm canceled, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You'll never hear my name again, because I just said that, and it's recorded. Yep. Uh, listening to NPR, and then I was like, what? I don't remember doing this interview. <laughs> you were like, I did a horrible job on this interview. No, I was very eloquent and used really large words and sounded really smart. And I was, it was very confusing. And then I mentioned it in like passing to a friend. And they were like, we heard the same thing and we were fighting if it was you or Lindy for like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. And then I heard your audiobook and I was like... That bitch stole things no one will tell fat girls, cut it up and put it into pieces, and Sorry. then piece it together for shrill. Sorry. So, my feeling is like maybe we should just say this is Lindy, this is Jess. This is Lindy. <laughs> say it again. This is Lindy. Okay, remember that. Yep. This is, I'll do it slightly lower. This is Jess. <laughs> <laughs> my best friend and I used to, people said that our voices sounded alike, and then we would, well, we would, well, <laughs> We always imagined, this was before podcasts existed, so I guess we thought maybe someday we'd have a radio show, and then we would always go, we would, we would say we should play a game where people would call in and play the game called Who's Talking Now? And then we would just go, who's talking now? Who's talking now? Who's talking now? Who's talking now? And like, we still do it when I see her just as like a tick, kind of, like we can't stop. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. So now... Okay. Um, so gonna, someday you and I should do that. <laughs> or we'll just do it. We'll ju I'll just talk a little bit lower tonight. Yeah, be we'll your, do, do contralto. We'll, I'll do my contralto. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to start off with a game. Okay. Ooh. Can, can we do that? Yes. Okay. I wasn't going to, but oh now boy. I want to. We're going to be flexible. Ooh, okay. Did you know I used to work in social work? Yes, okay. I think I knew that. I'm like one of those really annoying social workers that has like the most awkward icebreakers and like group activities. I and love like, that. I asked people like what kitchen utensil they would be. Okay. Today we're going to do word association. Oh God. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. 
I had like an intro, but we're just gonna jump to the fun stuff. Um, okay, so word association is how it works. You ready? Okay. Wait, are you gonna like analyze me at the end? No. Oh. I got it. I want you. You can't. Oh. Well, I can if you want me to. That's um, I'm just gonna say like a word or a phrase, and you're gonna say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. <laughs> it's just like it's a lot of pressure it, like, it to is. be interesting, but I'll try. You don't have to be interesting, you cannot fail. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. Um, are you ready? Yep. Okay. So, current emotion. <sighs> Tired. <laughs> Real. Tacos. They're fine. <laughs> Listen, this is a controversial thing about me. <laughs> Not that into tacos. It's National Taco Day. Is it? Yep. You're oh, that was also. so mean. Yeah. I tacos are great. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's their day. Really, honestly, like I have a my issue is with burritos. <laughs> I think, which is not the same. But no, because there's too, they, they are, there's always too much rice, and then I'm like I'm just eating dry rice. Why why am I doing this? I think you eat a little too much at Chipotle, where they don't really do it right. I never eat at Chipotle because I hate burritos. <laughs> Come to Tucson. Come to Tucson. Okay, that is accurate. I live in Seattle. We have nothing. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're going to move on. But that okay. was really fascinating. <laughs> I feel like I know so much more about you already. Um, body positivity. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll accept that answer. Um, guys' grocery games. Oh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Good. I'm obsessed with guys' grocery games. I know you are. It's so weird. It makes me question a lot of things. You don't understand. I'll talk about it if you want. We're going to. Don't okay. worry. Um, boy bands. Oh, nostalgic. Okay. Um, whiteness. I mean, it sucks. I don't know. <laughs> Let's abolish it. Good, good. Let's abolish it. Yep. I that's... said abolish it, but abolish oh. it is better. <laughs> New definition going in the dictionary. Ball of shit. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to listen a little harder. Here we go. No, that was my fault. Um, intersectionality? Pro. Okay. <laughs> Tupperware? Uh, I can never find the lid. <laughs> okay. Uh, abortion? Uh, freedom? The Little Mermaid? Pro, fine, oh my god. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We do not influence these words that are associated with words. Okay, Ursula. Okay, great. Like that. I like that. You're not forced to like or dislike anything. This I know. Is, this is you. I'm my own They're person. just listening for now. I know. You guys can ask questions later. Um, this is taking so long. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I was scared and now I, it was now I love it. It's supposed to be like a 10 second game. Sorry, this is cool. it's I'm a rambler. I love it. So am I. This is why we're good together. Okay. Um, garbage. Garbage? Mm -hmm. Three seconds. What comes to mind? First thing. Trash. <laughs> Dictionary and thesaurus. Check, check. <laughs> uh, Twitter. Um, a, a, a distant memory. <laughs> uh, lavender. Uh, a smell only, not food. Mm. I was curious. I, honest to God, that's why I asked that. I want to Really? That. Yeah, totally. Um, that and cilantro people are like, they have lots of complicated feelings. Uh, feminism. Um, 
<laughs> it's hard for me not just be like thumbs up, thumbs down for each other. Like, like you're just asking for a word. Just a word. Feminism. First thing that pops in. Um, I don't know. Uh, politics. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, uh, Sesame Street. Oh, Grover. Cool. Um, divisiveness. Divisiveness? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Uh, last one, karaoke. Um, Little Mermaid is my signature. My signature karaoke song is part of your world. <sighs> I would perform it tonight, but we have no karaoke machine. But Okay, so I just want to just, this, God, we are not going to stay on topic. That's just not going to happen, guys. That's fine. Um, this is wonderful. My signature is Poor Unfortunate Souls. So we're... So basically you and I need to be karaoke Or never go together because people will hate it so much. Like, they will love it. If you commit... Oh, I know. People love it. Oh, I am so excited to karaoke with you someday. Okay. All right. So super glad you're here. Super glad I'm here. Super glad y'all are here. Um, I'm just really quickly, if you could walk me through your career history, like how the fuck did you get to be Lindy West? It's like old pieces of the internet, and, and I want your version. Okay. Well, I went to college, Occidental College in Los Angeles. Um, did, did you go there? <laughs> or you just are... Obama went there, and then he transferred to, like, a real school. Like, <laughs> but he did briefly go there. Um, I went to Occidental from 2000 to 2004, and I received an English degree... And, um, yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and then I moved home to Seattle, and I, um, God, how much detail? Okay, let's see. I went back to my old summer job as a cashier at a hardware store, and which was actually kind of fun. Like, I kind of miss being a cashier for several reasons. Making change is really fun. Um, <laughs> I liked the challenge of being nice to grumpy people. And also, there is nothing better than complaining with your coworkers, than going out with your coworkers and complaining. It's like a drug. If I could make it into, if I could put it in a syringe, I would inject it into my veins. And I don't have that anymore because I work at my house by myself, and it's very sad. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So then I, so while I was cashiering, I did an unpaid internship uh, which I think is illegal now, at uh, The Stranger, <laughs> which is um, the Alt Weekly in Seattle. Yeah. And um, I did data entry, and I started writing little, they started giving me tiny little assignments, like, write 50 words about this bad play. And then um, I would do that. I was very mean to the poor local theater people who were <laughs> just trying to make something Aww. in an empty world. And I was like a child being like, this this was this. I left halfway through because I, I it, everyone was ugly. I, I don't know. I mean, I was just like a monster. Um, <laughs> this is why I want you to tell the story. Very irresponsible. <laughs> um, and then, and at the same time, I had a day job. Uh, I, I I transitioned out of my cashiering day job to I don't know why they took a chance on me, but I got a job as like assistant editor at a magazine called Where Magazine, which is the free magazine that you get in your hotel room. And so I was the assistant editor of the Seattle edition of Where Magazine. (laughs) And it was very, very horrible. Um, Because for 
the free magazine that you get in your hotel room, um, you have to just write the same magazine every month again. And we would just have to like figure out a new way to be like, try the space needle. Um, <laughs> but that was my day job and then I wrote these funny little, very bad evil review, arts reviews at, um, at night. And, and then eventually the stranger hired me full time um, as a, as the film editor, so I ran the film section, not qualified. Very, again, very cavalier with people's art. Um, <laughs> very, don't go look it up. It, I, huge regrets. Um, That's real. And I stayed there until, I think I left The Stranger in 2011, um, and I sort of took a leap, because I was getting, uh, I, had a, I had a literary agent who, LOL, would not receive a book from me for another four years, but um, five, five. Sorry, Gary, but he waited, and <laughs> I was like, and I was getting national freelance offers, and I was like, I maybe should go see what I could do with my life, and, um, and then um, kind of nothing happened until, well, a lot happened. It was horrible. My father died, and I had no job, and I, a tree fell on my house. And then, um, uh, and then that spring I got a job at Jezebel, and then I worked at Jezebel for, from 2012 to 2000, like two and a half years. And then, and like really established myself sort of on a national platform, and started writing about feminism specifically, and started developing my, you know, my worldview. Because I was very, I was really like, just, um, I mean, I, I don't want to use this as an excuse because I wasn't that young, but it, <laughs> I felt very young, you know, I, I've, and, I, and I was immature and I, and I didn't understand a lot of things about the world and I learned a lot working at Jezebel and making mistakes and having people on the internet yell at me and, and then also hitting on, um, on truths that made uh, bad people on the internet yell at me and learning that you can sort of orient yourself like, are the good people yelling at me? Okay, I <laughs> need to move this way. Are the bad people yelling at me? Okay, I'm gonna move this way more. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do actually. Um, and then I, oh, and then what happened was I still had not written anything for Gary <laughs> um, after, uh, t you know, and so then I, I, I quit Jezebel because I was like, I got to go write this book proposal or Gary is going to murder me. Uh, he's bought me so many lunches. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then I just took a leap and started freelancing and working on this book proposal. And I was, you know, very kindly, you know, supported by, uh, there was an editor at GQ who uh, really, like, saved my butt and gave me a ton of work. Um, and then... Um, I had a column at The Guardian, and they were really generous, and, and I um, sort of learned how to write with a little more dignity um, <laughs> and less, like, all caps, and which, you know, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, they sh but, I, you know, I just developed. I, I was learning how to write this whole time, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, which I don't recommend necessarily <laughs> learning how to write um, in print where people can go back and see <laughs> the bad stuff before you learned. Um, yes, yes. And then The Guardian, um, I guess, I, I, was doing, I was writing a weekly column at The Guardian, finished my book proposal, the New York Times reached out. I started writing for them. I don't remember the exact progression, but basically it was like, 
and then the and then I sold my book, and then I actually I actually finished my book proposal on the same day that my This American Life episode came out. And wow. then I, it was all very wild. Yeah. And then um, this was in 20, January 2015. And then um, I got, and then I had to write a book all of a sudden, which was very frightening. Um, and then yeah. I did nothing for like six months. <laughs> well, I mean, like I tried to write the book, but I was like, what's a, what is this? I don't, I write like a thousand words at a time. Uh-huh. Did you enjoy writing, Shrill? No, it's yeah. a, writing's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, here's a secret. Um, writing books really fucking sucks. It's a true... It's like the worst <laughs> a true job nightmare. ever. Yeah. And you write one, and you're like, I will never do this again. And yeah. I, I actually, like, right after the tour of the first book, uh, the publishing company came back, and they were like, we would really love another one. And I basically was like... Fuck you. <laughs> in really nice words, because I was professional. But I was like, you will never get another book out of me. And then it happened. And why do we keep doing more books? Why do you keep writing? Um, I want to talk about your books later, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I just don't have any other skills. <laughs> and so... That's bullshit, but... I, it is not. It can be your truth. What are my... Name one be. thing that I can do. Oh, I want to see... See nothing. You can cashier. You're a great... I could make change, that's true. I could go back to the to city people's mercantile. Lindy, the question is what can't you do? Um, I mean, act. <laughs> I, I mean, like, okay, we're, no, we're just not going to go down that spiral. We're not, we're not going to go. But, so, New York Times, and then, and then Trill. And then I forget. And then I got married in the middle yeah. of that. And then I f- finished the book in, like, a three-month frenzy of crying. And then... Yes. Um, and then the book came out. Out and as part of my book tour, um, uh, at, at some stop on my book tour, my TV agent saw me read a chapter from the book, and then he signed me, and we um, took had a bunch of meetings um, to option the book with people who wanted to option the book for TV, and then um, I picked someone, and then somehow, and like when that happens, everyone's like, "Oh, you have a TV show?" No. You, there's like 8,000 steps between that and having a TV show, and no one gets a TV show. It literally never happens. And I was like, well, this was a fun, you know, again, I got a bunch of people bought me a bunch of lunches, and that was fun. <laughs> and then it just sort of kept, like, going right. And then, like, it was just some sort of miracle where we ended up, like, threading this needle and, um, we, and writing and shooting a TV show this past, the past four months. I literally just finished. Yeah. So, what's for that? Um, huge. And now I have to write my next book um, by January. <laughs> yeah. And the cycle begins again. And the cycle begins again. <laughs> um, and I, here's an example. I wasn't going to say this, but now that we're doing this, why not? Here's how tired I am. Let's hear it. This morning, I, <laughs> I, I got dressed in like plain, like, Plain clothes, yeah. not like a cop, like P L A N E, and then I threw this outfit into my um, little shoulder bag. Didn't even bring a suitcase. Didn't pack a bra. <laughs> Just forgot a bra. Just forgot a bra for my theater. <laughs> but um, I have this cami, so 
Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Now I feel like I've drawn a lot of attention to myself. But like, you know her. Everyone was looking. That's how. That was that was a lot of attention. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, but that's how um, out of it I am because <laughs> I have too many jobs. Which is a good problem to have, but I'm um, very tired. Well, you look great, and for yes. the record, any future like things we do together is like bras are optional. So, yeah. Also, like, whatever. I feel like there's like a no bra trend right now, um, and so I'm hopping on that. Okay. As much as I as I can, because cool. it's I they're very bad. <laughs> I mean, they're good for what they are supposed to do, but like, yeah, it's just torture. I agree. It's torture. <laughs> It's all stabbing and and rubbing and like grating your skin off. And then like if you have like uh, so you can see right now like my boobs are kind of choking me. Like that's also a thing. If you have like a double chin, then your boobs are higher and it's just really uncomfortable. I wore a bra for you. Thank you. Um, that's actually in my writer. Um, uh, <laughs> like, I wanted to look like a piece of like magnificent pop art for you, so I wore you a bra. You do, and, mission yeah. accomplished. But and then also when you complain about bras, then people come to you in a condescending way and they say, "Well, have you had a bra fitting? Have you been to oh. Have you been to my oh, yes. bra store that I've heard of?" Oh yes, like, <laughs> yes. I've done photo shoots about like body diversity, and then the emails I get are like, "I would really recommend that your models get fittings for their bras," and I was like, "Point missed." Point missed. But thank you. Maybe also, I will. I'm 36 years yars. Yars old. 36 what? years old. Oh, man. 36 years old. I know about all of your bra hacks. <laughs> uh, I'm a bralette person. I, I own like one oh, bra. So. Same. Yeah. It's I great. Have made the switch. I'm so grateful for that fashion invention. Thank Seriously. you to whoever do that. Okay. Um, sorry, it's, I, this is moving so slow. It's all my fault. I'm so sorry. You'd never need to apologize. I am just so happy to be sitting here with you on the stage. Thanks. But we're going to skip the next 25 questions okay. because <laughs> we don't, just don't have the time. Is it because you want me to talk about guys' grocery games? Kind of. I want to get to that part. Um, oh, God. What is like the most important thing to ask you? Oh, P.S., while I'm figuring this out, um, you might have gotten cards already. There are ushers, beautiful ushers, somewhere in this um, beautiful place that I can't see. They have cards for you. If you have a question, we're going to do a Q&A afterwards. Now is the time. Write it down, hand it to them um, while we do a little bit more of this. Okay, let's talk about some, like, let's talk about feelings. Okay. You want to talk about feelings? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I really, actually, first I want to talk about failure. Okay. Um, I love talking about failure. Like, there, nobody's perfect, right? Except yeah. Except for maybe, like, Sonia Renee Taylor and maybe LeVar Burton. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know him personally, but yeah. I think he might be a perfect human. That's a good instinct, yeah. That, I don't know. We don't know. LeVar, just let me know. Like, if, I mean, every, everyone will let you down, but so far, we're... I think we're, we're in good shape with him. Yeah, I think it's a safe call. So, anyways, if... I'm sure the internet will let me know they will. if there is anything. No, but I was trying to think of perfect people, and he, and, uh, he definitely came up. Um, I'm curious about you, and so, you know, social media skews everything, and we see a random version. No matter how honest and vulnerable you are, I share, like, 
the fucked up shit that happens to me all the time. People still think my life is more grand than it is. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about, like, is there, like, a failure that sticks out to you that was really tough? That's such a beautiful question. Um, um, well, uh, my, my upcoming book that I'm going to fail to write by January. <laughs> no, I'm going to finish it. That was a you joke. Are. It was a joke. Gary, don't be mad. If Gary's listening. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, I've certainly failed at many, many things. <laughs> um, oh, God, this is agonizing where I, have to, I can't think of the right thing. And you're all waiting. That's okay. Is it my failure to answer this question? <laughs> <laughs> it could be if you don't want to, like, you don't have to really It's not that I... If you don't want to. I'm just trying to think of a thing. I don't, let me, can I think about it and we'll come back to it? We can come back to it. Totally. Because, like, I don't want to be like, you know what I f actually feel really self-conscious about right now? What? Um, because the show is going to come out next year, mm -hmm. is that, like, I, I wrote Shrill, like, during that process of learning how to be, how to write. And, like, there are parts of it where I, um, like, whole chapters even where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like, I wish with every molecule in my body, Adam, um, that I could go rewrite, like, large chunks of it, and I have to just, like, let that be out there. Like, there's some writing, just bad writing, and I don't mean that, like, if you love the book, like, that the book is not, I don't believe in the book. I right. literally just mean, like, there's some, like, corny shit in there that I wouldn't write now, or, like, that I wouldn't, I would have phrased it more elegantly, or, like, where there are parts, the parts that are most embarrassing are where I was like, I shall be a true writer in this paragraph and do literature, <laughs> like, which is just, like, not my forte. <laughs> so there are things that make me cringe. At, yes. This is what happens to me, like, at night when I cannot sleep. I remember <laughs> sentences from my book that will be probably read by many, many more people <laughs> As this comes in out. a much more critical way. Because, yeah. like, you know, it was kind of nice to release this book to people who, who needed it and who, who it resonates with. And when you open up to a, a bigger audience, people who, um, yeah. who don't get it will read it or who don't like you or who don't care. So I, I, I'm just waiting for, like, the, the backlash... Like, everyone's been really nice to me so far. And, I'm, and I guess I'm like, I know where the weak parts of the book are, and I just turn them over and over and over in my head. But then it's like the kind of thing that you just have to own. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you know, I wrote that in, in 2015, and it's now 2018, and I have now been writing for the New York Times for three years, and I like, am a more sophisticated writer thanks to great editors and thanks to just, you know, growing and learning and totally being holding myself up to, like, other really, really great writers and trying to keep up with them and trying to, not that I necessarily succeed, but anyway, it's a thing that I, you can't go back and rewrite your old book, actually. It's, like, the rule. Yeah. Turns out. It's the most ridiculous rule I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. Because also every author wants to go back and change their book. I could make it so much better <laughs> for you. Yeah. But they yeah. won't let me. I know. Um, and you, and, like, it's weird to have a thing that's that's embarrassing, and I know that it's not. I know that I'm that people will want to be like, no, I loved it. It's great. Right. 
I actually do think that it's, I think that a, a lot of it is really good and I'm really proud of it. But, you know, it, yeah. I just, you, I think it's actually a good learning experience to be like, I have to sit with this discomfort yep. forever. Yes. <laughs> you just have to fucking sit with it yeah. and let it go. Yeah. And like, if, someone, if someone makes fun of it, be like, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Totally. To yeah. You know. That sentence is, is real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I identify with that on a very personal level. Um, the second book I wrote, I also went into it, like, I just, you know, my first book was, like, really hyper-casual. I swore way too fucking much. Um, librarians can only, like, like, hand it to teenagers covertly. Like, they slide it. They're like, this has a lot of bad words. Uh, but they do, because they want teenagers to have it, so That's that was cute. a mistake. Um, and then the second one, I went into it, and I was like, I'm going to be a grown-up writer. And then I started unpacking all my trauma around my dad and, like, my body and all of the hard things, and I was like, well, shit. Like, either this is going to be well-written and superficial, or it's going to have the content and be a fucking mess. And I went with that one. That's, I mean, it's beautiful. It, it's hard to sit with, though. Yeah. It's in print forever. Yeah. People in, like, Ohio read it, and they're like, oh, she uses so many footnotes. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm sorry you hate footnotes. I love them. So that's, it's really rough. I'm glad that you're able to sit with that. And it's only going to grow, right? I mean, so even my out. whole early career, I'm like, it's, there's, like, edgy, like, offensive, horrible shit in there. Please don't go read it. And I'm like, one of these days, you know, um... Ben Shapiro's gonna send his minion to comb through my archives and mm. ruin me or whatever. And it's like, well, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not okay, but it's like... This is what peace looks like. Well, not, okay. I mean, I think that um, it is important to be called out on stuff. And then, yeah. and then you say, yeah, I agree. That was very bad. And I don't believe that anymore. And I think I was bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love that, though. I think that... It's, it's, it's a huge problem if we're not evolving and changing. Yeah, exactly. If we're still the same person we were three years ago, like... And if people choose not to um, take me back because I said, like, gross body-shaming stuff or, like, wrote mean, very mean things about <laughs> beloved people in 2008 <laughs> or 2006, um, that's their right to not take me back. I deserve it. I did it. I'm guilty. Well, I mean, it's just a consequence, but I'll take you back. Anyway, I'm just saying. I love it. I was thrilled. My whole past is regret. My personal. Only the future is regret. <laughs> I, I do have to tell you that I had like this moment of panic and freak out before um, we got on stage today because I feel like you are such like, um, uh, thank you for that. Um, you are such a, let, let's talk about the New York Times. How about that? Um, you're really fucking smart. Just gonna, like, it's kind of intimidating. You're like the person that uses the words where you're like writing it down and you're like, I'm gonna Google that later, you know, instead of being like, I don't understand what that means. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna show up today. I'm gonna be so prepared. And because the media and our news is just like a rapid fire system now and changes every five minutes, I was like, okay, what the fuck is happening today? That's horrible in our world because that's all it is. And I just got really overwhelmed. Um, so that was really hard, and I forgot my point for that. 
because I got like really wrapped up in how horrible that was. Uh, well, you were talking about how smart I am. Yeah, we can go back to that. New York Times. You guys, I swear to God, there was a point. It's right here on my iPad. I should probably look at it. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the New York Times, but I think I think I think there's a lot of really. Uh, I want to talk about the serious stuff for a second, if we can. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you mean like strategies for serious strategies for winning guys' grocery games? Or uh, we haven't gotten there yet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. That's at the end. Oh, you sorry. Be patient. I was just jumping into the <laughs> silence. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, so you write for the New York Times, which is kind of amazing, and the stuff you write is brilliant, and it's really intimidating. That's where I was going with this shit. Um, I have a couple questions about that. The first one being, you are. Somewhat of like a really well-known, largely consumed political interpreter for a lot of people. Um, and that's marvelous. And what you produce is like, oh, you know, I, I share without reading because I know it's going to be great. Um, but also, you're like a white woman with an extraordinary amount of privilege doing this role. And I'm curious what you keep in mind, how you navigate that, what you feel your responsibilities are. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I think about all the time and try to navigate as responsibly as possible. Um, uh, you know, the world is a haunted circus right now. And That's I a great way to describe feel it. like, um, you know, certainly the least I can do is use this platform to, you know, the, the best of my abilities um, to, to make a difference in the world. Now, outside of that context, like, should I have a column in the New York Times? Maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, it, not, and I, I just mean, like, is my perspective the most vital one right now? Not really. You know, people who are suffering far more and are in much more danger, immediate danger, and are much more marginalized and are heard from much less... Um, you know, those voices are, I, just, I really think are, like, objectively more important than mine. Um, but, like, I'm in the situation, I mean, that's just not how, I guess that's just not how capitalism works and not how, this is, like, I have this column, I have this platform, I just try to use it to um, tell the truth and to be as loud as possible and to um, say the same thing over and 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 over until hopefully people <laughs> start to listen. But that said, um, you know, I'm constantly um, in touch with, like, okay, I, I guess, like, here's what I do in my professional life to try to be a responsible white lady. Um, if someone offers me a freelance assignment, that is that should go to someone else. I don't take it. So like, um, someone, some publication asked if I would uh, write a review of the Matrix trilogy, like recontextualizing it with the knowledge that it was made by tra two trans women. And I, you know, that's a scenario where I say no. You know, they're offering me money, um, and I say no. You should get a trans person to write this. Not only because. Um, it's the right thing to do. It will just be a better article. Like, it's not just correct politically, it's also, um, it will benefit you. And, and, like, I just think it's really, really important to be willing to give up opportunities and give up money and seed space. Um, you know, I don't, 
if if a if a some literary festival books me on a panel and it's all white people, I say no. Um, I try to. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, I'm rambling, but like, I understand. It's just important to always be aware of mm-hmm. how much space you're taking up, whose voices you're amplifying, mm-hmm. whose um, perspectives you're overlooking, and um, you know, I'm constantly, constantly um, checking to make sure that I'm not missing something important, missing some angle, because um, you're, you know, you you do just naturally like privilege is a is a obstacle to, to seeing the world clearly. Right. So I'm always trying to like look around it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it, it's it's literally the least I could do to be eternally vigilant about not fucking up. Um, and, and I probably don't do it that good, but I try. <laughs> Is that a good answer? It is literally impossible for you to fail this interview because it's, like, not a test of your worthiness. (laughs) Like, you are a worthy human being no matter, like, how you answer. Um, I I mean, I also, like, make sure, you know, like, make sure that you're reading diverse voices all the time and that when people ask you for, I mean, I have an editor, I'm in a position to hire people sometimes or recommend freelance writers for jobs or whatever. I mean, make, you know, have have people at your fingertips to to put out into the world or to hire or to recommend for jobs and, yep. you know, it's like the idea that, um, cause people, when people always love to be like, yeah, this is just who applied. I don't know. It's not our fault that only white men work here. Um, we want to, we want it to be more diverse. But yeah. You just have to actually like be, a, be aware of the world around you and do a little bit of work to, Build the organization. If you if you believe in representation and diversity, then go do it. Are there particular people who've like uh, been kind of your I don't know um, maybe that you've learned from on how to navigate in like a really ethical and responsible way so that the world is a better place? Is there anybody that comes to mind? I mean, I feel like you do that really well. You're very scrupulous. You're looking at me like... That is not what I expected to hear. (laughs) And I... I just have seen you navigate... um, I mean, I don't even have any specifics, but I just... I feel like you're always very present and, like, very willing to hear criticism and then process it and listen to people and, like, apologize for things. Not that I have a specific thing in mind that you apologize for, but I just, like, you're a very, like, like... Present sort of active participant in civic life. In civic life, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in, the muggle like, <laughs> in this mean, situation. Like, but I appreciate that. You know, I, you're like you're 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 permeable. Like so many people are like, I'm a wall, and I'm right, and I, you know, and then people are all defensiveness, and it's right. It's a really um, kind of a sad way to be. Like it's it's so much better to be um, to be a sponge and to be like um, a per- like that's just that's what living in a society is to me. It's like pushing and pulling off of each other and absorbing information from each other and like changing to 
be a better part of the team. <laughs> I love you so much right now. You are so precious. Um, yes, I totally understand what you're saying, and I feel like it has to be that way, and that's really hard in online communities. I was talking to a friend today about this very complicated subject, and I was like, okay, but online, this is so hard to talk about, and she was like, that's because we can't talk about it online. It is that nuanced that there's just too many walls, too many barriers, too many reactionary, like, so... Um, I dream of a world where we're able to have those kind of conversations with people online, and that starts with, like, opening up to all of that criticism and, like, absolutely. And it's interesting because people might see you as a sellout. They might see you as somebody who's navigating um, difficult situations. It's viewed a lot of different ways, but uh, that's cool. Thanks for that compliment. Very nice. It was from the heart. Um, thank you. I um, fuck up a lot, and so I... I kind of need to listen. <laughs> I mean, same. Well, even more. You know? Yeah. Yeah, we're not born knowing everything. But I, I mean, and if someone comes to you and corrects you on something, what a gift, you know? Yes. To not um, fuck up again. What, you yes. want to just keep fucking up all the time for your whole life? Yeah. And, like, never fix anything? It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I want to... I am so hypervigilant about being embarrassed. I do not want to ever be embarrassed or have <laughs> anyone yell at me. And if people can, are giving me this free roadmap to not embarrassing myself again. Thank you. Yeah. I also see it as like harming other people. They're well, like, sure. Yeah. Hey, I give the very selfish take. <laughs> no, I, I like both. I like both. You know, some people are incentivized by other things. I'm sure it'll resonate with a lot of people. Uh, but like, here's like, here's the way to not fucking hurt people, Jess. Yeah, that's uh, more important. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Wow, like you really did not owe that to me, and I am incredibly grateful. So I feel you on that. Let's move on. Um, I like I had so many things I just wanted to dive in. I, I just want to talk to you for seven hours. Yeah, like, you're too tired for that. You, that's so. fine, right? <laughs> Stay. I mean, I'm in, um, literally in my pajamas under. The <laughs> I want to talk about uh, writing about fat stuff really fast. Yeah. Then I want to talk about books. And maybe I'll get distracted in between. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm super curious how you feel. So you wrote Shrill. A lot of it is body-based. Um, it's going to be a TV show. You just contributed to the self-weight issue. Yeah. Which was, was pretty cool. fucking cool. Are you guys familiar with this? Nobody knows. Well, we haven't done our job. Um, Self Magazine put out this very interesting, so they're just digital now, but a very interesting weight issue in it. Um, Ijeoma Aluo, um, your sister-in-law. My sister-in-law. Slash one of my favorite humans in the fucking world, um, edited a series that was, one was written by you. I wrote one, Sonia Renee Taylor wrote one, and then um, I'm also very tired and can't remember the name of the other contributor, but it was beautiful. It was about, it was about um, eating for a disability, but don't you dare call it clean eating and like kind of navigating that space. So I felt like I think we were all really important. Yours was called, let me find it because it was so good. The way we talk about bodies has changed. What we do about it comes next. And then the byline was, we're on the first step, not the last. And then there's a thing that I've made into like an Instagram quote a million times because I'm one of those people. Um, and there's this quote that's just like, oh, 
This is, I feel this way about you often. You're so nice to me. Well, it's genuine. I don't, I don't like Thanks. say fake things. So I know. It's I genuine. Know. Um, I, I was just like, God damn it. I've spent six years trying to like figure out how to say this and you put it in two sentences. You can have it. <laughs> it's fine. But it's, you said, there's a reason why I prefer fat positivity to body positivity. Fat positivity is in a subcategory of body positivity. It's a fucking prerequisite. And that is my favorite. I just got goosebumps. She didn't say fucking. I put that in there because I still haven't learned my lesson. And I just want to curse whenever I can. They told me they'd just bleep it out. Um, So great. I appreciate you writing about that so much. But also you then wrote also another thing about how you're not going to answer questions about fat and health anymore. Because fuck that noise. I mean, it's just that I, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and that's all you just very boring. Yeah. It's like... Um, it is. Yeah, I, I, I got. I have other interests. That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask. I'm also at the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm fat, and there's so much fucking more to this world. But also, fat is definitely a huge political issue, and there's all. It's like, are you done talking, writing about being fat? Are you like? I hate the phrase. It's so horrible, beating a dead horse. But like, are you? Are you <laughs> better than beating a live horse? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Reframing. Yeah. Are you done with that? Are you moving on? Is it still something you'll come back to? Like, how do you feel about that? That's, you know, it's funny um, because I have been now writing about it for so long. Yeah. And I wrote that whole book and like, you know, this book I'm working on now, I told my editor like, you know, right up front, I was like, I, I, I can't, I need a break from writing about feelings. Like this is not going to be a feelings book. This is going to be like a funny slash political book, like, I can't, I'm tired. I, and also, I, I said it, like, it's, because it's really, um, this is a thing that we talked about a lot when we were making the TV show, is that, like, as a fat person, it's not like every single moment when you're walking down the street, there's, like, a tuba playing, and you're like, fat, 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 <laughs> going to my fat job, gotta, you know, like, you're just a person. For those, for those listening, uh, Lindsay just clenched her fists and put her arms out in angles and just like pretended to like, I don't know, waddle down the street. I guess. That song, it was great. Yeah. You know, oh, like your, your life is not, it's like other people <laughs> define you by. I do go to my fat job though, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I literally made a yeah. job out of being fat. Sure, so. sure. <laughs> That's fair, same. But, you know, it's like other people define you by your, by your fatness more than, at least for me, more yes. than I do myself. Like, yes. I wouldn't think about it necessarily if people weren't constantly abusing me because of it. Um, yeah. or, or subtler things like, oh, this chair is very narrow and uh, now I'm being stabbed. Um, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, wait, I forget where I was going with this. Um, Are you going to write more about fat? Oh, yeah. I kind of feel like I said it. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Like I, and on all I really said was like, can you just leave me alone? <laughs> like, it's just, it's fine. Just let me worry about it. Or not worry about it. Like, just go away. Um, go be happy. Go swimming. You know what I mean? Like, just go do something else. Stop yelling at me <laughs> about my, my body, my butt, whatever. Um, so... I, I don't know that I have anything new to say about it right now, mm-hmm. although I did really enjoy writing that self-essay because there is this weird insidious thing happening where it's like now everyone's on board with body positivity, mm-hmm. supposedly, 
only they've made it, they've turned it around to mean like, I only eat acai bowls because of my body positivity. And then it's like, okay, well, that kind of sounds like body negative. I mean, or, I mean, are you sure that's not just a diet? And they're like, no, this is my body positivity that I do, <laughs> which is fine. I don't... <laughs> whatever they want. I just, yeah, like, there's totally. been this switcheroo. So anyway. There has been a wh- switcheroo. <laughs> what I was going to say was, I, I've written about it so much that it's also kind of lost, it's like, it's lost its um, impact for me. Like, I forget that so much of, because I've now said it and heard it so many millions of times, that so many of these things are so revolutionary for people still. Yes. Like, the idea that, like, oh, no, no, it's okay to be fat. You can just stay fat. Just be fat. It's fine. Like, people are like, what? Yeah. And I forget that people feel like that because I live, I never leave my house and I just, like, hang out with my husband and my kids and, like, um, type on my, in, in my, on my couch. And so, um, like, when I went and was working on the TV show, Every day, someone on the crew or an extra or 20 extras would come up to me and cry and be like, thank you so much for making this. Like, this means so much to me to get to, like, work on this project. This is so, it's, this is so important. And I, like, I kept being like, really? Like, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, this is still a thing? Because I'm like a hermit now. <laughs> and I don't know, I guess I just... You know, when you, you hear something a million times, it starts to lose its, its, it just becomes normal, which I'm really grateful for that, that these ideas are normal inside of me now. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but so the answer is like yes and no. Like, you know, I mean, I'm making this TV show, which is about a fat woman. Right. Um, and also about just a woman living her life. You yeah. know what I mean? I love that. Um, Let's talk about that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I really love that. I yeah. I I went to a um, a retreat where it was it was for binge eating, and the the women that were there were like people who had just achieved great things in life, but were still so focused on losing weight. And then they taught a lot of like um, health at every size and body trust and, and mindfulness and stuff. And it was a really great reminder. I don't know if you saw it as a gift or just like maybe like. I don't know what to do with this information, but for me, it was a huge gift to, like, kind of see the beginning stages again, because we have been in this for so long, and talking about it every day, and writing about it more and more, and so eventually, like, for me, I'm constantly pushing myself to be more radical and open-minded and, like, to more progressive in that area, and it's so good to come down to, like, like, we all start somewhere. Yeah, it was really, like, reinvigorating, because I honestly had forgotten what that felt like to be at the beginning of that and it was like we're high-fiving that's yeah. beautiful I love that yeah. okay let's well so they like they were like you can come interview um Lindy if you want but the only non-negotiable is you have to ask about Cheryl because everybody wants to know um so let's talk about it sure um I can't see any of you but have you guys read Shrill? yeah yeah people have read Shrill. it was such a good book um, I know the feeling of I wish I could fix things, um, but it was like the one book that I, I like read it. I never read and things in a night, and I read it. And uh, Andy, my partner, was sitting on the couch, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Because everything was just resonated so hard, and I had never read anything like that before. That was so personal. And he was like, kind of like, oh yeah, that's really, he's like a really good listener. He's a cancer. Um, I'm a Leo, so I talk a lot. We're a really good match. Um, 
And he was like, that's cool, that's cool. And then I was like, listen to this passage. And then I would keep doing, he was like very patient until I got to the part where you did um, a presentation on Thelonious Monk. Um, so he, my partner's also a trumpet player. Oh yeah, I yeah. And he was like, wait, what, what did she do that on? And I was like, and that's how you say it, right? Thelonious, yeah. I'm not, it's cool. And he was like, I have so much respect for that Lindy West. <laughs> Well, it was eighth grade, and I remember nothing. Yeah. Uh, but my husband could give you all a lecture on Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really... Maybe they should do a trumpet... Trumpet talk. Trump talk. No. No! I was just trying to make it You guys, jazzy. we're working on it. We're, there's no bad ideas <laughs> in the brainstorming session. That would be... I would listen to that. I would listen to that. Um, so... I read it the first time through your personal lens. I was just rereading it now, trying to think of how you would adapt it. And I guess that's my biggest question is like, how'd the adaptation go? I want to know about 80. I want to know about Sam Irby. And I want to know about cakes. Oh, yeah. We had Go. so much, so much cake. Uh, You've got five minutes. As far, okay. As far as I can tell, um, TV writing is a job where you sit in a room with your friends and do nothing and then literally three times a week someone brings an entire cake and then you eat the cake. I don't know. Um, we had so many cakes, like not an exaggeration, I think over the six weeks of writing, we had 10 full cakes. Because <laughs> people would just, because people are like, oh, people want to like congratulate you. And also when you're making a TV show um, for like a real TV network, and there's like a studio and there's like eight production companies involved. There's just all these entities that want to send you a cake. And so then they do. And then like 80 got nominated for an Emmy. So then we got like an Emmy cake. And then like, I don't know, it was someone's birthday. And then there's, and then like Sam Irby has a friend who just sent us two cakes in one week just for fun. Just Were they she, themed cakes? Like, did they have your face on it? It was like, congrats. Um, there was one that said Shrill on it that was cool, gorgeous. Okay. There what one said, congrats, 80 and Sudi. Sudi Green, one of our other writers, also got nominated for an Emmy. Mm. But no, they were mostly, it was just like, a, just a cake. And we were just, by the end, like everyone, I literally went up a size over the summer. I mean, I'm maybe not, but I, all my clothes feel weird because I think I'm, I'm like part cake now. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. To, to, it's to get to eat enough cake that you don't want cake anymore yeah. is, like, incredible. I've never experienced that in my life. And I, like, right now, if you were like, well, I would take it. But, like, <laughs> anyway, okay, so the show. That's, so um, 80, I'm really happy for you. So A.D. Bryant plays a sort of version, a different universe version of me. It's not really me. Like, when you're working with a team and you're collaborating with uh, literally hundreds of people, um, it you know, it becomes its own, it's a new thing. But there are, are elements of the book that we brought, that we brought into the story, like, um, you know, it's about a young, a young fat woman in the moment that I describe in the book where I sort of realized that I was, um, I was mm, participating in a, I was being scammed, you know what I mean? Like, I, I had been told that I wasn't allowed to have a good life unless I lost weight. And I was sort of waiting for that to finally happen and then I could go live. And I realized that that was a sham, shammery. And I, um, 
And I just stopped. Like, I stopped laboring under that, you know, um, lie. And, um, and then everything in my life sort of turned around. And so it's mm. the story of a young woman coming to that point and, and, and figuring out that she can change her life without changing her body and just sort of learning how to, um, how to um, fight for what she wants and stop apologizing and stop, and like, you know, I mean, all these things that we already talked about, like yeah. learning how to take up space. And so anyway, it's not me. The character does not have my name. Um, the character is, is not it, me. Is it a secret what the character's name is? No, I don't think. Her name is Annie. Annie. That's a good name. It is a, it's a cute name. Yeah. Um, makes would make a really cute Annie. She does. Yeah, totally. And Aidy Bryant is a complete star, and none of you have any idea how brilliant she is. Um, she's, like, incredible. She's so funny, and she's such a, like, really good actress. Like, a, a incredible, like, dramatic actress, which I think um, when... Com I love when comedy people start doing drama. It's, like, because there's so much depth in it. Um, yeah. Would you say anyway. the energy of the script, as it turned out in the end, is more comedy? Is it more drama? Is it a mix? Like, it's a mix. It's I mean, a it's a comedy. You okay. know, we made a comedy. Cool. A body po shrill. A body positive comedy by Hulu. Um, <laughs> Woo! I want a round of applause for that sentence. <laughs> this is real life actually happening. Uh, but you know, it's sort of like the you know what I tried to do with the book, where like it's. Um, it, you know, I mean, this is gonna. This is a very corny way to say this, but like, you're crying from laughing, and then you're crying from being sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, that balance has always been a thing that I love. Where it, yes. in, that I love in other in other TV shows, and um, you know, if you make something really really funny, you can take it real dark, and people will go with you. So that's beautiful. That's what we tried to do. Thank you so much for putting all of, like, one, inspiring that, two, following through, three, I don't know what, like, magic you worked to make sure you got through, like, the pitch phase all the way into, like, production. But I don't either. Thank I you. think 80 did it. <laughs> it's 80, 80 was with us the whole way, and she's, like, Aww. a true force. That's but, great. I'm no, so I mean, sorry. I helped. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lindy. I need to stop being self-deprecating. This you, is a... I mean, or at least try to not do it so much, undermine myself. I'll just follow you around and give you compliments. Perfect. If you would like to hire me. I accept. That. that would be cool. Okay. okay. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Oh, we didn't talk about guys' grocery games. We're not done yet. Oh, we I thought five that, minutes. that sounded like your outro. You were like, well, thank you so much for doing this. No. Oh, okay. No, I was just genuine. <laughs> do you need to go somewhere? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, one, thanking you for bringing something that is going to be so transformative for people who watch it in like random places in this country and world who had no idea. Um, and two, I was pitching myself as like your cheerleader, as like a full-time job. So that, exactly. both those things are out there. Um, I do want to talk about the two other things that are, um, we've got five minutes before we do some questions. The witches are coming. <laughs> Yeah. I cried a little bit when I saw the cover for that book. It's good, right? It's so good. This is my next book that I am almost done with. <laughs> <laughs> 
slash going to start in a little bit done by January. You can do it. Um, it's partially done. Whoever wrote the summary of the book is like genius. Uh, the last paragraph is sprawly. You didn't write this. Did I know. Okay. And they, they sent it to me. They're like, can you approve this copy? And I was like, I'm going to print this copy out and put it on the wall next to my computer to remind me how good this book is going to be. <laughs> Like, I was, like, so sold on my promo copy that someone wrote. So sold. Right? Sprawling, funny, scorching, and illuminating. No pressure. <laughs> the Witches Are Coming shows West at the top of her intellectual and comic powers. I feel so much pressure for you right so now. <laughs> um, but the they have a proposal, right? In, like, oh, yeah. So we're I, have a, I mean, we've got a... Yeah. You know what you're doing. You, like, yeah, it's fine. Um, as much a celebration of America's potential as a condemnation of her failures, some will call it a witch, a witch hunt, to which West would reply, so be it, I'm a witch and I'm hunting you. <laughs> you guys are so excited, right? May 19. Okay, and this is where we talk about the second book that um, doesn't have a release yet. Yeah. But it's um, a book on... It's like film criticism, right? Yeah. Which I really... Where I start going back to my roots. <laughs> yeah. And I also, like, really love you and also question, like, the, like you really love guys' grocery games and I'm wondering if you're the best person to write this book. <laughs> <laughs> like, you hate a lot of things. Like, you wow. hate burritos. You hate love action. I don't hate burritos. You just... I just don't crave them the way that other people do. <laughs> Wait, what was the thing you just... Love actually is bad. Okay, so... I know. I just reread your... It was good. It was so good. So it's not like a... I, it's not like a book of serious film criticism. It's a book of I watched Love Actually and then I made fun of it line by line. Yeah. But book length. So... I am actually really excited. It's going to be fun. Um, no, the thing about Guy's Grocery Games is that it's Tell me. very bad. Um, yes, agreed. In, like, a very pure way. So, like, Guy should not be on television. Um, <laughs> like, and I, and he seems, I actually don't, I've never heard, I don't know that I've You I were supposed to remind me, um, you, I was supposed to remind you that we're being recorded. Oh, right. So, okay. Well, so does he listen that? to this? Yeah, I don't know. Subscriber? <laughs> um, no, it's just, like, he, um, everything that he says is, like, the worst joke. Like, it's... He, but, and everyone humors him in, like, a really sweet way. Like, yeah. he'll, at every possible moment, he says the corniest, least funny thing. And then, and then everyone acts like he said something really great and cool. And, like, it's, so, there's some, it's so sweet. Like, I don't know, there's just something really beautiful about it. And, like, he doesn't know how to talk about food. Like, if you watch Diners, Drivers, and Dives, he says the same thing to every single person. He, he says, he says, uh, that's the real deal right there. <laughs> and he describes everything as, he, he'll be like, okay, so you got the crunch, I mean, this is incredible. You got the crunch from the chips, uh, and then you got the saltiness from the meat, and then you got the creaminess from the sauce, and then you got a little kick of sugar on top from the candied pe peppers. Uh, yeah, that's the real deal right there. And then he just says that over and over. And, like, I just, like, root for him so hard for some reason. And Guy's Grocery Games. 
can't. And there's no lie. <laughs> right? So good. Yeah. Like, there's like, and he does this very bad joke in every episode where that he thinks is like an incredible trick where um, when the the three contestants or four, however many there are, uh, are, are uh, uh, gonna, they're gonna start the game, the grocery game, um, they can't go until he says go. And so every time he slips the word go into what they think is just like uh, him monologuing, like he'll be like, he'll be like, yeah, so uh, after this, we're gonna start the game pretty pretty quick, uh, you know, and just remember that, you know, you can go in aisle one or aisle two and, and then, and then eventually someone realizes that he said go and then they all run and then he goes, they got there eventually. Or like he says something like, <laughs> I'm a genius, those idiots. Like, I don't know. He does it in every episode, sometimes twice an episode. <laughs> And I guess I just feel like it is a pure place that exists wholly outside of politics. You know, there's only one. <laughs> Donald Trump's not the president in Flavortown. <laughs> you know? And I just, I find it very, I find it very soothing. I can't stop. That was so beautiful and more beautiful than my closing question. So we're gonna we're gonna go to questions and answers. Thank you. Lenny, that I'm sold. I'm buying that book too. Like I, I believe Ooh, I should write a book about guys <laughs> At least, at least a lengthy That's blog gonna be post. an incredible four hundred word book. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot we can like gain from his jokes though. Like if you were to just dissect those. That would be your Okay, it's going to happen. Yeah, that would be your forte. Um, Wow. Okay, we've got some questions. I bet the questions are heavy, and I've just been goofing off for an hour. Oh, this has been so fun. This has been so fun. We, we like, caught a couple really serious things, too. Uh, Do you ever get tired of advocating or being a strong voice for so many women slash people? This, I was going to get to this. Good job, whoever did this. Um, what do you do to prevent burnout slash depressing exhaustion slash Mary Lambert this morning wanted to know what you do for self-care? Um, well, okay. So, uh, I'm very, I'm very bad at boundaries and organization and routine and I'm a mess and I, um, so I don't do any of the things you're supposed to do, like keep your, I don't know, like go to... Take the time for yourself in the morning to meditate in a clean room. Like, no. Um, so, but I, I don't know that I do get, um, I mean, I get burned out from work, but like, uh, get, like that's the best part of my work is feeling like I, I might be making a difference for people or might, I might be making people feel, helping people feel less alone or I might be like, um, pissing off someone horrible, like that's the part that I like. Um, the the part where you actually have to like do the writing or like send an invoice, like that's the part that I hate. So um, no, it's a, it's a joy. It's such a it's it's really an honor to get to do this job and to feel like 
I mean, I don't feel worthy of that, of like that I'm fighting for people or that I'm a voice for people. I mean, I, that's very presumptuous. I, I would never say that, but like, I'm just doing my best with what I have. And I, it's, I, I honestly don't feel burned out. That's wonderful. I feel, um, I mean, and like, but yeah, people should, should like go to therapy and should like, um, you know, uh, I, I have a really great support system and I'm really lucky and I, um, uh, you know, it's not like I'm like magical and have no problems. Um, I'm, I'm a wreck, but, um, but I get by. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Thank Sorry, you. that was not succinct, and in fact, it was it beautiful. It was beautiful. nonsense. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Uh, it's different for every person. It's different for every person. You can't see. I told you, you can't get these wrong. Uh, we talked about this maybe coming up, and because we play too many word associations, we didn't get to it. Um, can you say something about? Brace yourselves. Can you say something about the Kavanaugh situation that will make me feel better? Like not homicidal, which is actually a very real reaction. Um, P.S. Thank you for hating love, actually. <laughs> so, that was a nice note. Um, I, I would like to add to this that um, my question was, how can we... I'm going to guess that this is San Francisco, and because there's two fat white ladies on the stage, the large majority of the theater is probably white. Um, and I think that my question is, you know, we've seen this, this huge, I mean, we've just, what we've seen is unprecedented. People um, going into hospitals at just like, you know, uh, uh, survivors going in and seeking help and needing help because it's just so heavy and intense and just soul destroying. Um, I'm curious if you couldn't say something positive about Kavanaugh situation, good luck. Um, and also, how do we hold space for our own healing? That is so valid. Like, that was part of the crisis I experienced today in, like, preparing for today was, like, I just, like, that's so hard. So how do we hold space for our own healing and then also take that rallying, you know, we've seen such an uproar of white women, right, standing behind. Um, how do we also take that, so there's two questions to this, how do we take that and apply that momentum and energy to also urgent situations, like the fact that Flint has no water, that, that children are still separated, um, that are not directly related to us, but just as urgent and have less resources and voices. So I would like you to just solve the whole world's problems real fast. Because <laughs> I think it's important to honor the healing. Yeah. And the trauma and like walking away from the news, but also we need to rally. So I know. then turn it positive. Ready, go. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, okay. Um, first of all, I don't, for some reason, I feel energized by the hearing last week. Okay. Like, the, specifically the part when Lindsey Graham started screaming and crying like a little newborn baby. <laughs> I was like, these men are falling the fuck apart. And it's incredible. Um, and I feel like, and that, that doesn't really mean anything because <laughs> they still have a death grip on power. But 
it, it seemed like a little tiny flicker of light at the end of the tunnel where I was like, this is like, this broken washing machine is starting to, <laughs> like, you know. Which probably ends with all of our destruction. Um, but as long as Lindsey Graham also destructs. Um, but, like, I, I, I'm also just, like, I've never seen so, so many people that I know so mad. And yeah. her testimony was so incredible um, as, like, a model for how powerful vulnerability can be and, and how powerful people telling the truth, marginalized people especially telling the truth about their own lives. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's just unassailable, you know? I mean, they're trying, but any reasonable person that watched that could, you know, like, there's just no way to come away with and, and think, you know, that person wasn't telling the truth. Mm, but that's a small comfort, obviously. Um, and, I mean, in terms of, like, how do, you keep, how do you keep your eye on every ball and not just focus on, first of all, white lady, white lady problems as a white lady? Um, well, I think, I just, think survive, like this, this has really brought a lot of people out to talk. Yeah. And I think it's really valuable and important, and we need to honor the fact that it's incredibly dangerous and triggering and traumatic. Absolutely. And it's also and important what? to remember that... Um, many, many people are dealing not just with trauma of sexual assault and abuse and uh, harassment, but also, you know, white supremacy layered on top of that. And that, like, right. you know, it's, it's, um, it's, that's deeply, deeply important. Um, and also that uh, we also tend to break this down into, you know, men doing things to women. And it really, and I, I've heard from a lot of, like, trans and non-binary people who feel who have been victimized and feel very erased in this moment. And like all of these things you have to very much so. You have to take the time to it just it's just more it's just work. It's just work that you have to do and you have to remember that if you're not doing that work, you're doing the opposite. You know what I mean? Like if you're if your feminism only protects and fights for white women, then it's not feminism, it's white supremacy. So and that's not really an answer. Like, that's an easy way for me to get an applause break, but it's not really, like, what, in terms of what do you do? I mean, you just, like, communicate, and you march, and you fight, and you listen, and you, and you don't talk when it's not your time to talk, and you pay people for their time and for their labor, um, and you, like I said earlier, you give up work, and you give up opportunities, and you amplify voices that aren't being heard, and you do what you just did here, like remind people this isn't the only issue going on. There are people in danger right now and there are people in cages right now. You know, but I, there, I wish I, 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 I like I said, I'm a, um, a failed film critic. <laughs> like I don't know that I'm, that I know. I'm just sort of, I'm feeling my way through it like everyone else. Yeah. But I, I guess it's just important to remember that, um, the world is bigger than you, and and in terms of like honoring your trauma and f people feeling so triggered and so traumatized right now, and needing to disconnect, um, it's sort of like I think that's okay um, as long as as long as we have a big enough pool of people engaged. 
it allows people to come in and out. You know what I mean? Totally. You just have to come back. Yes. <laughs> like, to, absolutely. And, and to be honest, I mean, visually it's very apparent, and we can only speak from our own experiences, but I, I think that it's very obvious that, like, marginalized groups have been doing this forever. They've been forced to hold it together through yeah. their trauma that is incredibly extreme and nothing that we have ever experienced and still rally for change. And so I like that. Like, if we all were to... Um, I, I read that recently somewhere. Did you write it? Did you write something no. recently about that? I've it was beautiful. It was beautiful that, it, you know, it kind of like the, the stepping back to take care of yourself and then coming back to this larger movement and just remembering to come back yeah. when you can. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for that light question. Um, but it was something that I did want to address. I think that it's, it's dangerous to ignore those things, so thank you. What would you say to a little girl who's about to grow up in this world? What <laughs> would you say? To a little girl who's a, who is about to grow up in this world. You, you have teenagers. I do. Yeah. I have two daughters. Yeah. Stepdaughters, but, you know. Uh-huh. Um, they are teenagers. They are almost 15 and 17, which is very bizarre. Um, I mean, I think, like, the most important thing that I've learned, and I tried to put this in the book, and I've... I honestly, like, my... My daughters are, like, just naturally good at this, um, which is very impressive to me. But I, I just feel like um, we, we raise girls to be so accommodating and so compliant and so helpful and nice and to never set boundaries. I mean, it's really like we raise them to be boundaryless people. Um, yeah. And, or not, not people even, boundaryless, you know, um, accessories. I don't know. And I, uh, and it's really, really insidious and it, it, it infects kind of every part of your life. And um, I, uh, I just wish that I, that I had been, made aware of that and taught how to push back against it way earlier in my life. Um, and I, I do feel like at least my kids like are like effortlessly defiant. <laughs> um, I don't know how. It's, I never, I never stop yelling at them about feminism. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I, 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 that's what I hope for for all the girls out there because it, it's it's a, it's tactical and it diminishes your power and it, it it diminishes your impact on the world. And so I, I guess I just want girls to go out and take up space and demand things. Um, I love that. Yeah, love that. And I mean, you know the. They, they tell you that the world doesn't belong to you, but it does. It's, just, it's yours as much as anyone else's. So go take it and do whatever you want. That was I not love that. that. I love it. Um, this ties in, I want a one sentence okay. to this. I can do it. I can do it. What age should we start teaching like body positivity in schools? What age do you think? And it kind of ties into that question. 
I mean, I guess from birth. Yep. I agree. Cosine. <laughs> okay. Um, your example of self-love at any size gives me hope for me. Do you, I still get goosebumps. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, whoever wrote this, I love you. Um, how would you advise someone who is suffering from their own fat phobia? Well, I, okay, this is like your wheelhouse. I feel like you should answer that one. I've been talking and talking um, and talking. Well, this is an interview for you. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> but you're like an expert on that stuff. Um, I mean, I'll think about it while you're talking. And, like, cause it, it gives you Suffering from fat phobia, internalized fat phobia. In summary, there's a couple things you can do. One, read my books. It's <laughs> 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 like 70,000 words there for you. Um, and I don't say that in an asshole way. I say it in a, I literally put everything I have in me in those, and maybe it will help you. Shrill, highly recommend, same thing. You've probably read it since you're here. Um, I think it's really important to start looking in the mirror and not expecting to see a model or somebody who is what you think you should look like and start looking for you. That sounds like a really weird thing to do, but it is absolutely transformative. Surround yourself with people and media that support you in your quest to learn neutrality. Um, and un, like, start to uncover the fucking bullshit that you've been taught because once you start, you can't stop. And you keep digging and you keep finding that this has all been a big scam. And it's a literal conspiracy theory. Like, we have just been fucked over for so long. A lot of it's coming to light. And I think the more, for me, it was like learning about the history that really, that really, I was just like, oh my God. Like, we still, it's 20, like, I don't know, I wrote things on Tell Fat Girls in like 15. It's 2015 and we still believe this shit. Like, fuck Don Draper, fuck his boss, fuck all of those assholes and like Madison Avenue who created this new version of our beauty myth that we still abide by today. So, educate yourself, surround yourself with positive people, know that, um, what we have been taught is purely to make money. It's really that simple. Hard to do, that simple. Yeah, I mean, it really helped me early on. I mean, I uh, like one is just, um, it sounds like you're already doing this, but like starting to um, follow fat people on social media oh, and yeah. like lo just, lo just looking at pictures of, of um, diverse bodies was like, was just, was revolutionary for me. Um, and also, um, and this sounds corny, but um, doing all the, you know, I stopped being like, oh, I was bad today, I had candy. Like, taking the moral, the morality out of food, mm. um, which is really just sort of semantics. Like, I just, like, if I started to say or think something like that, I was like, nope. And, and I stopped you know, because it becomes like a mantra and then it becomes the way that you think and, and you really can just like kill some of these patterns by changing the way that you talk about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But Jess did a, did a better job. No, I can't believe I forgot that because um, there have been studies that have shown that if you see diverse bodies, it literally changes the way you view bodies and I can attest to that without a fancy research study and a grant, but it has been done. And so literally... Your Instagram feed, this is, this sounds like super self-promotional, maybe it is, but I write a blog, it's called The Militant Baker, and I have over 500 resources for you. Um, at the very top, themilitantbaker.com, there's a resource uh, button, and there's a list of over, I think, 135 Instagram accounts. 
and you literally just can just go. I've done the hard work for you. You can just go there and then follow, 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 and see what happens because you're just naturally, your feed will start to teach you something different. Um, so I might use that tool. Okay. I didn't want this to end. I know. I have one more question for you. Well, it's really we locked good. the doors, right? We're staying. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nowhere else to be. Um, Okay, well, they're, they're going to, like, never hire me again because I'm going to ask you this question, and then I have one for you. So this one has to be short, but it's really I'll fun. be really... I'm going to be so fast. I'll do my first. I'm going to do mine first. Okay. I, I emailed you or, like, messaged you, and I was like, hey, I just had this, like, really scary stalking experience. Like, the harassment that happens from being a visible person is fucking real, and I am really traumatized. What do you do? What, like, you were the only person I could think of to be like, what do you do? And your answer to me was, honestly, live your best life. Like, that is the answer. And I'm curious what your best life is. Ooh, that was a good one, huh? <laughs> you guys like that? I didn't want to let it go. Okay, so now you have to answer because yeah, we're all excited. I mean, um, I don't know. Uh, What's your best life, Lindy West? I mean, it's just really important. It's important to me to... You mean, like, what things do I like to do? How, how do you live your best life? What, is, what, is, what does that look like I mean, for it's, you? Okay, well, like I said, I, I, I don't apologize for taking up space anymore. I don't make myself feel guilty for feeding my body. I order whatever I want in a restaurant. Um, but I also just... Um, I try... No, I mean, I, I try to um, show people, you know, in my, like, public-facing life that it's totally possible to be fat and happy and successful and, and married if you want to be, and, or, you know, in love and have kids and, you know, um, take care of your family. And um, it's all, and I also try to, to, to be, always be vulnerable and remember that, um, you know, I don't want to do that thing where I create a, a full facade of, like, a perfect person on Instagram or whatever. Like, I think it's more interesting to um, feel grounded and secure enough to, like, present a real thing. And, and, it, and that's not really true. Like, obviously, my, my real life is much more private and complicated than what I present to the world. But uh, this is a bad answer. I um, I don't know. I just always try to be honest. I try to take care of other people. And I try to like have fun and eat f whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that combination. That's Thanks. good. It sounds like you draw a lot of really good boundaries for yourself to keep the shit that you don't want outside, and then you have like total autonomy of your life. Yeah, total autonomy is your best life. Yes. <laughs> that is a good life. That is a damn good life. Total autonomy while remembering that you live in a society with other people and like, you know, I I want to I want to be I want to live my best life, but I I also want to um live our best life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I love that. Clap for it. <laughs> you guys are wonderful. This is the final and closing question, and I just appreciate all of you for being here and hanging with us. <laughs> I saved it for last because it's just real good. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. There's some, like, really smart people in the audience. I know. Okay. It's a little intimidating, too. I dreamed I was hired to be your personal assistant. <laughs> Please. Yeah. 
to help smash the patriarchy. I woke up before I found out how we would do that. <laughs> how can I, we help you take down the patriarchy? Love your future personal assistant, apparently. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, taking down the patriarchy is going to be very boring. Because really what it takes is like a lot of um, calling your representatives and <laughs> voting in boring, tiny, small election, local elections. Yep. Running for office in your town, running for offices so small that you don't know what they do, um, learning what they do, running, <laughs> winning, going to a million meetings that are so boring you die, and, um, you know, start becoming the, you know, the next phase of, the next generation of the power structure so that we can change it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think people are so, um, people don't want to do stuff that's boring. No. And I don't want to do stuff that's boring. I certainly haven't run for, it, for any office, um, but I do vote. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's like, I, I, just, just be, um, you know, read and be engaged and pay attention. And, and, and if you have privilege, leverage your privilege to, to make the world a little bit safer um, and a little bit more um, equal and, and for, for other people. And um, you talk to your racist relatives or, or cut them off if they're a lost cause. Fine, you don't get to have me in your life anymore. You know, you gotta pick. Um, you can pick be, you can pick racism or the, me. Um, if you know, and, and I really think that um, it's easy. Oh, pay attention to um, judges. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to the judiciary because um, these people are going to fuck up your life for so long. Not just the Supreme Court, but lower courts are just being stacked with garbage, and you pay attention to those things. Um, you know, be engaged and stay engaged, I guess. You know, and take care of each other so that everyone has enough energy to keep fighting forever because uh, it's going to be a long road. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to go on record because I'm feeling incredibly guilty. I just want you to know that I do use biodegradable straws. <laughs> and I was holding that in the whole time. <laughs> you need to let everyone on the internet know that I, I am still a good person. So thank you, Lindy West, for being a brilliant human being. Thank you so much. And thank you all for coming. This was really fun. This was a blast. And therapeutic for me. Sorry. We love you. Thank you, San Francisco. You're beautiful humans. And good night. Have a great night. You've been listening to the podcast for CIIS Public Programs. Audio production was supervised by Lyle Barrere at Desired Effect. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes or visit our website at ciis.edu slash podcast.